This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast designed to help equip Christians to be able to defend their faith and be confident in their faith. Hello, thank you for joining us today on Christ, Culture, and Coffee. I'm your host today, Tyler Hurley, here with Robbie Lashua. Hello, Tyler. How are you? Doing swell. I'm doing wow. swell. That swell. is what I like to say. That's great. Yeah, I'm really enjoying this coffee, you know. What good. are you drinking? I'm drinking an iced caramel latte. You yes, know, it's in nice. a, a mug, you know. Well, we have to do it for the show, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, here. presentations yeah. matter, you know. Yeah, this presentations is... everything. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so. <laughs> that's anyway, awesome. Anyway, yeah, so... Thank you for joining us today. We're going to be talking about miracles and just uh, what exactly is a miracle, but we're, we're going to break it down a little deeper than that. And there's different classes of miracles and levels to it uh, that not many people have a full understanding of. So mm. we just want to take a deep dive into that and really break it down for you guys. But before we get into that, Robbie has a coffee tip for us. I do. We start every show with a coffee tip. And here's your coffee tip for today. So um, it's kind of fun to study the different regions of the world that grow excellent coffee. Um, and so today I wanted to highlight the country of Colombia. Tyler, I've been to Colombia before. Mm, I've been okay. to Cartagena and I had coffee there and it's amazing. Oh, that sounds um, nice. But they export all around the world, right? So Colombia, if you don't know, is a country uh, in South America and it's kind of on the, it's on the very top of South America on the far west side. Mm. And um, <clears throat> it is the third uh, top coffee producing country in the world. Now, Brazil and Vietnam are ahead of it. Those are one and mm. two. But Colombia is the third. Listen to this, man. They have 560,000 coffee farms in the country. That's a lot. Over yeah, half yeah. a million coffee farms in that country. Mm. It's amazing. I was reading about how like 300,000 of them are like small family owned ones and then the other 200 are um, like mega farms. Wow. That's yeah. Cool. It's very fascinating. Um, so every year uh, the country of Colombia exports about a million bags of coffee. Or sorry, 11, 11 million wow, yeah. bags of coffee. But these aren't like, when we say bags of coffee, we're usually talking about the one pounders. These are like those 20 pound big burlap yeah. bags is what they mean. 11, 11 million. million of those. Yeah. 11 million of those. <laughs> so these people are coffee producers. I'm going to say 560,000 coffee farms. It's unbelievable, man. Yeah. Like they are coffee people. They have an awesome coffee culture in the country. Um, but one of the things I thought was really interesting about this uh, this place, Colombia, is that depending on the region you get your coffee from, you're getting very different flavors of coffee. Mm. Now, again, there's some quality issues. You know, some are way better quality, higher quality, some are lower quality. But w the soil and the the um, elevation and all of that stuff comes into play when it gets to the flavor in the same country. So if you get coffee from the northern region of Colombia, it's going to have a chocolatey, nutty flavor to it. And it's going to be very low on the acidity and taste very full-bodied. Oh, yeah. Okay? Yeah. So, so that's like, a, and that's kind of like a Brazil flavor type thing, okay? If you, get, if you get coffee from the central region of Colombia, it's way more herbal and fruity tasting. Mm. Isn't that weird? Yeah, yeah, that's really weird. It's kind of strange. I've had 
coffee that's tasted like that too. And you notice it. It's oh, yeah. really weird. Well, a lot of African yeah. coffees are more fruity. They are, right? yeah. And yeah. South American are, are typically more chocolate and nutty mm -hmm. because that's the soil. So anyway, um, in the southern region of Colombia, it tastes different from the northern and the central region as well, where it has way more acidity to it mm. and it has citrus flavor. Yeah, so, and some people have a preference for that. Absolutely. So yeah. yeah, and yeah. it's really good. So it's just, it's kind of interesting. So like, if you're if you're out there and you're like, oh, I love Colombian coffee, well, you need to be a little more snobby and specific about that, right? <laughs> right, right. Like, what type of Colombian well, coffee? What region are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, well, this makes sense why there's multiple, uh, there's differences within the regions, but uh, yeah. it's it's fascinating to me that over there are over 560,000 farms there. It's crazy. And, well, and it makes sense if you really think about it. It's one of the very few places in the world that has the perfect climate. For, oh yeah, it's right in that band yeah. of like perfect climate. Yeah, yeah, and there's there's only so many places other than Colombia that are in the world that have yep. that climate that can get it perfect. Yeah, and, and they it, definitely have it. And people don't realize how serious that that contributes to the quality of the coffee, and it really does. Like you can't grow good coffee without that type of a climate. You can't. And yeah. I, I was also reading, and maybe we've talked about this before, but um, it sure. just kind of it's just kind of shocked me that um, in order to produce uh, the berries on the coffee plant, mm. it takes at least four years for them to produce for the first time. Four years. So you're committed to four years of taking care of this plant before it produces any coffee. My Isn't that goodness. crazy? I know. But that also makes sense why people do it as families <laughs> and generations of farms because yeah, they have it, these plants going. Yeah, you have time. to you have to inherit it. Yeah. yeah. Well, you don't want to start from the beginning. That'd be a pain in the neck, man. Yeah. Yeah, no. yeah. But that's the coffee tip for today. Like Colombia is a great country that produces really great coffee. You know a little bit more about it, but yeah, try to get bags that. from each of the different regions and do a taste test. Yeah, um, it's great right. living in this time, uh, this day and age, because we can we can try all of these. It's not exotic in the oh, of sense course. of hard to get. Yeah, it's like, pretty accessible. I mean, they ship out eleven million large yeah, bags. Yeah, we have them. <laughs> yeah, yeah that we, we get it. it. So you can go to. There's a lot of places that we've been to that I've been to that have had coffee beans and roasts from around the world. Oh yeah, uh, all sorts of different regions, and so you can. Yeah, you can absolutely do that. You can even like look into it online. I bet you there's oh, probably yeah. tons of reviews out there on the ones that are best and you could probably even order it I'm uh, sure. for yourself. Oh so. yeah, definitely. Yeah. And if you do, let us know. That would yeah, be awesome. Yeah, that'd be kind of fun. Cool. Hey, so moving on, before we get into talking about miracles today, we want to um we want to say this is this is really important actually. Yeah. We had a huge huge announcement next week. And we've had huge announcements before and usually they're about T-shirts or coffee mugs. Yeah, right. But this isn't in that same. No, vein. this is this is this the is biggest announcement that I think that we've had. Yes. So this yeah, is completely you don't different. Want to miss this. Don't miss next week's show. It is going to be huge, and we'll be reminding you of that on social media. But um, just make sure to tune in next week because we have some really really great news. Um, and and yeah, huge announcement. I don't mm -hmm. want to say more about it. I don't. Yep, spoil that's it. it that's so. it. So there we go. Make right. sure you tune in next week. Let's talk about miracles, Tyler. Yep. So we're going to get into the topic for today, which is miracles. That's what we're going to be discussing. Not that uh, hockey movie, though. No. Yeah. That <laughs> miracle, right? Miracle on ice. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's not what we're going to be discussing today. No. Uh, so. What we mean by miracles, right? I'm going to start off with uh, kind of breaking this down for you guys. So we believe, and well, this is just 
how the world works, right? Mm -hmm. uh, is there is an, what is called the open system, okay? That how God created the universe, he created it as what we call an open system, yep. okay? So this means that the course of the world's operating in a cause and effect manner is not determined, okay? It is open to reordering by God through miracles, and by human beings from the, the result of the fall, right? Yeah, God has the prerogative through his choice to mm. interject into the natural order, and our choices can actually affect yeah. the world so, God created. So that's exactly what we mean by when we say open system. It is not completely predetermined. It is something that has been reordered and mm -hmm. changed based off of, uh, like we said, the fall, and then also God's intervention through miracles. Absolutely. Yes. And, and we've talked about this before when we talk about free will and yes, human beings, because that's important that it's an open system where our choices matter. But for today, we're not talking about the human side right. of the open system. We're talking about the God side of yes, the open system. Yes. So I have a quote here by James Sire. He wrote the book, uh, The Universe Next Door. We've discussed that yep. uh, many times on this podcast. It's a great author. Um, he said, if the universe were not orderly, our decisions would have no effect. If the course of events were determined, our decisions would have no significance. So theism declares that the universe is orderly, but not determined. And I, yep. I think that's very well put because it, it describes exactly what we're trying to uh, get across with you guys about the nature of how God created the universe as an open system. Yep. And so it's important to define that because there are some uh, theological beliefs and um, religions out there who think that... <clears throat> Um, miracles won't happen because God or Allah or whoever um, created the world in such a way that it's going to do what it does. Right. And he doesn't interject. So like a deist would be that, right? Like God sure, doesn't yeah. interject into our yeah. world. In, in their mindset, it. what they would define like a miracle <laughs> as, <clears throat> excuse me, as the, uh, just the order in the process that God has already established, that that yep. in itself is a miracle. But, but he doesn't interject exactly. into human history. Yeah. So that's that's a key and, difference. And that's not a Christian belief, right? No. We believe God does have the prerogative to interject in human history, and we actually make the claim we can point out times when he has done this, yeah. which yeah. is awesome. So uh, a miracle is a special act of God that interrupts the natural course of events in the cause and effect universe. Mm. By definition, right? It's something out of the ordinary. It's something out of the cause and effect natural process of things that gets our attention. So mm. the Christian idea of the miraculous um, completely depends on the existence of God. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? of course. So the atheists will say supernatural things or miracles don't happen, but it's because they assume there is no God to do it. Mm. We say, no, there is a God to do it, and thus they happen. So if a God exists, miracles are possible, right? If there isn't a God who can act, then obviously there will be no miracles. There will be no acts of God. Um, but the only way to show that uh, a miracle is an impossibility is to disprove that God exists. Yeah. Right? And so that's what the atheist needs to do. So instead of attacking miracles, they need to show, oh, no, actually God doesn't exist. Mm. So I have a quote here from uh, an atheist. Uh, he became a theist, actually, at the end of his life, uh, Anthony Flew. But when he wrote this, he was an atheist. <clears throat> he said, a miracle is something which would never have happened had nature, as it were, been left to its own devices. And that's yeah. a good that's a good definition. That's exactly what it, we're saying. It is, yeah. 
right? Because if, if there's something that's happening routinely, right, it wouldn't be a miracle because it's just, it's ordinary. It's just yes. what happens. A miracle is something extraordinary. That's extraordinary. Yeah. Out of the ordinary, yeah. right? Yeah. It's something that doesn't typically happen. And so w- when we talk about like the way things are or the natural order or natural law, what we're describing is the normal way things operate. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like like we can track the sun and and when it's you know, I look on my iPhone and I can I can see when the sun is going to rise where I'm at that day. Yeah. And it's not yeah. because my iPhone's magic, but it's because people have observed and we can track and we can know these things yeah, because even, there's a pattern to Yeah, it. even with the weather, like you can tell what's going to happen yes. when a storm is coming because you, there, there's scientific methods of measuring out yep. like the amount of water and moisture build up right through the clouds and yep. storms moving around where it's going to land. It's so like these are all things we can predict. It's natural order. Yes. It's things that we can understand. And it keeps happening, right? Over and Repeatedly. over. So so when a, a miracle occurs, it is extremely irregular, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's it's not so a miracle, this is important. A miracle is not a natural anomaly. Yeah. Right? It's not like the northern lights. Like that's not a miracle. Mm-hmm. That happens at a specific time of year and it's kind of out of the ordinary. But it happens every year. Yeah. And yeah. so so it's not an anomaly. It's a it, part of the natural order. That's yes, the point. Yes. The, the, the northern lights are. When we're talking about a miracle, we're talking about something that is unusual, that disrupts the natural process of how things work. Yeah. And what it is, is God acting in the world. God suspending the natural order. Mm, and so that's, yeah. that's what we mean. So th- we talk about... Are miracles possible? You know, this is a big thing. Is that even a possibility in this world of orderliness? And the Christian response is, listen, if the God of the Bible exists, not only are miracles possible, but they're probable. Mm -hmm. If there is a God who wants to communicate himself to us, if there is a God who's good and who's all-loving and all-powerful and relational, it's probable that this God wants to communicate with us. Specifically with humans who were made in his image and likeness. Yeah, of course. So we don't think it's just possible. We think it, it's probably should be expected that this is yeah, the type of thing God would this do. This is something that actually is brought up often by people who are agnostic or atheists. They'll often say things like, uh, if God would intervene in my life directly and like tell me, sure. like reveal himself to me, I would understand that he is real. Mm-hmm. Because that's the idea. It's that there there has to be intervention. And people, human beings, like we have a common understanding. Like, yeah, in order for me to believe and know there's a God, yeah, he would. it would be probable, if there is, that he would intervene in some sort yeah, of way. Yeah, give my attention somehow. Yeah, exactly. Right? Exactly. Exactly. And so that's where we're going to move on to the next topic here of uh, breaking this down is the purpose of yeah, miracles. Yeah, and this is something I don't think enough people talk about. Even Christians, right? Yeah, yeah, we, you're we right. We believe in miracles. We think they're really cool. We want to find one every day somewhere. And we're <laughs> yeah. praying for a miracle, yeah. right? Uh, but what's the purpose? Like, why... Why does God do the miraculous? Yeah, why not just allow things to happen in the natural order all the time? Yeah, because because it's interesting. If you think yeah. about he's omniscient, he's all-knowing, and mm-hmm. he's very orderly, he could have created the world and then just left it to follow its devices and still accomplish yeah. his plan. Sure. But he didn't choose to do that. He chose to point out times where he interrupts. Of course. Why, Tyler? What's the purpose? Yeah, and this is, I think, very clear throughout Scripture, is that the purpose of miracles is to communicate. 
Yes. The, I'm going to say it again. The purpose of miracles is to communicate. Okay, for who to communicate? For God, right? Okay, <laughs> For yeah. God communicating who he is through interjecting into the natural order and the natural process of things. Uh, he, it's his way of getting our attention, like we said before, because yeah. otherwise... I don't think it's would get my attention if God tried to communicate to me through something that's already occurs naturally. I mean, it can happen, but not quite like it. Nothing like him intervening directly, yeah. right? Him coming out and being aggressive and intentional by using a miracle is what draws us to him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so God uses miracles to draw attention to his spokesman, right? Uh, miracles are God's stamp of approval on those who He is communicating through. Like, yeah, and that's and that's interesting because, like, yeah, like yeah. you were just saying. Okay, so let's pretend I was uh, claiming to be from God. Mm, yeah, okay? yeah, I'm not, but let's <laughs> right, just pretend. Right. Okay, that I'm from God and I'm here to tell you what God thinks, and you say, "Why should I believe you, weirdo?" Right? Which mm -hmm. is the thought we all should have when somebody yeah, makes yeah. these extraordinary claims. And I say, listen. I'm going to show you that you really should listen to what I'm saying because on, on out in that field, there are going to be pumpkins that grow. And uh, this fall, you will be able to cut them, turn them into pumpkin pie or jack-o'-lanterns or whatever you want. And that will prove that I'm somebody you should listen to. I don't believe you. Yeah, why would you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, what would that right, prove? Yeah. You would say, dude, pumpkins grow every year. Exactly, and we harvest yeah. them every fall. That doesn't give you any legitimacy. Mm. That's because it's a part of the natural order. Exactly. We, it's what's expected. There's nothing out of the ordinary No, about of course that. not. Yeah, but if, but if I came and I did some miracles, if I came and, you know, I, uh, uh, you know, healed a blind person who'd been blind yeah. from birth, that's not or you say, normal. Yeah, or you say that field of pumpkins is going to turn into a field of carriages like in Cinderella. Yeah, exactly. yeah there you go. And then <laughs> it does, right? And then it does, Because I yeah. could say that. Sure, but, yeah, sure, But then it does. <laughs> yeah, then you'd go, yeah. wait, wait, wait. This guy, he, he knows something. This, this is right. weird because it's out of the... Na that would get your attention and maybe you'd listen to my message. Exactly. And that's, that's what we're trying to communicate here it, because... I mean, that's what God's trying to communicate. That's what I meant to say. Well, this is uh, what I think God has done, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly it. And so I, I'm going to read a, passage, a couple passages here. Uh, Hebrews 2, 3 through 4 says, How shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord, and it was attested to us by those who heard. While God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles and by gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will, right? It says in that passage right there, it says, while God also bore witness by signs and wonders in various miracles, right? Yeah. He's saying he bore witness by these miracles. Yeah, this is something that makes us listen to those who were telling us what the Lord yeah, said. Yeah, yeah. That's the, exactly that, what that and, passage and see, that's, is saying. That's God's plan. Like this is because He knows we shouldn't just listen to anybody. There has to be some type of validation. Of course, uh, yeah. and this is what happened throughout all of Scripture. You can see this. That's what happened mm. with prophets, right? Uh, prophets would often come out and they'll say, "Hey, God is telling me that you need to know this. God sent me, and here's how I'm going to prove it to you that God sent me." Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to predict the future and it's going to happen. And that's going to validate that God sent me. And yep. it has happened time and time again with prophets all throughout the Old Testament. Yep. Uh, and it happened with Jesus too. He prophesied and it came to pass, that's right? right? So that is what is uh, validation through the process of miracles. Yeah. Things that prophecy are, is a sign. Prophecy is a miracle. Yes. Yeah, it's because, a, it is. Yeah. yeah, because you could technically say that something that's like, that can happen in the natural order, 
is going to happen. Well, if I prophesied that pumpkins would grow this fall, well, that's not a prophecy. Right, of course, of yeah. course. <laughs> but if I say that I was going to pick the absolute worst NFL team out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Jacksonville yeah. Jaguars. I was thinking that yeah, too. But that, I was that's who it, it is. Sorry, yeah, I'll be yeah, Florida true. people. And I was going to tell you right now, hey, despite their start, they're actually going to come back and they're going to win the Super Bowl. I wouldn't believe you. Well, look, see, but what I just said there, that's not something that's out of the natural order. Like, it's possible. It's possible. But is it probable? No. No. But if I tell you that it's going to happen, and then it does, and it's something that's extremely unlikely like that, even though it's still technically within the natural order, it's something that shouldn't have happened. So therefore, yeah, it's pretty likely that I was prophesying. Yeah, and then if you told me the scores of every game and the plays of every game, exactly. now... There you go, that's even... Because a normal human being can't know future details like that. Yeah. And if you were perfect the entire way, which is what God says is required Mm. of his prophets in Deuteronomy 18. Exactly. What they say, he said, comes true, and if it doesn't, then they're not a prophet. And you want to pinpoint those things. And so that's that's what we're saying. But we also have other miracles right of so course. prophecy is a miracle but healings and that's why this is cool because it says by signs and wonders and various miracles yeah. because there's a whole right. bunch of different types exactly healings raising from the dead all of those things yeah this passage uh kind of sums that up right yep. it su- summarizes those uh Another thing I wanted to touch on is that Jesus is validated as a true spokesman himself uh, of God by his miracles, right? Mm-hmm. And this has this happened time and time again. Uh, in John 3, 2, it says, This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you have come from God as a teacher, for no one can do these things that you do unless God is with him, right? And it's because he acknowledged. He's like, yeah, yeah you can't go around doing the things that you have done. Well, he says signs. Yeah. No one can do these, these signs. signs. Yeah. These signs, He's directly, exactly. and this is Nicodemus, right, with Jesus. He's directly talking about these miracles. Right, yeah. So this, this, that is, okay, so, so a Pharisee was convinced that God got this Pharisee's attention yeah, through yeah. the signs Jesus was doing. And we got to understand, he, he, I mean, being a Pharisee, he like, he really understood Old Testament prophecy mm-hmm. of the coming Messiah and of who, yeah. like, what was to come. And he saw it in Jesus right there. He yep. was, he was acknowledging that he's like, wait a second, like, like you did these signs that validates who you are. And yep. that's kind of what he's saying. He's like, you well, and be- another passage I was just thinking of is mm-hmm. remember when John the Baptist, we've talked about this when it comes to doubt, John the Baptist mm-hmm. is in prison and he's going to have his head chopped off Yeah, and yeah. he's freaking out. And he sends his disciples to go talk to Jesus. And he says, ask him if he really is the one. Mm. And it's like, John, what do you doubt? You're freaking out, man. But it's interesting how Jesus validates that he is the one because he says, go and tell him the signs I'm doing. The blind are healed. The lame are walking. The deaf hear. Right? Yeah. And he quotes Isaiah, which is interesting because Isaiah says the Messiah would get your attention by doing these miraculous signs and wonders. Mm. And then it did get Nicodemus' attention. And it was confirmation to John that Jesus is who he said he is. Because, again, any of us could say we are, you know, the son of God. Oh, of course. Any of us can say that. Talk's cheap, though. How can we really know? And it's so cool because miracles is how God validates it. Something out of the ordinary to validate that this is a guy you need to listen to. Mm, Yeah. Right? And that's what you're saying. Miracles are for the purpose of communicating for communicating God's message to us so we can sift through all the liars <laughs> and know who the real one is, right? Yeah, exactly. So <clears throat> now, again, when it comes to Jesus, the ultimate miracle that shows that Jesus is who he said he is, 
is that he predicted he would raise himself from the dead, and then he did rise from the dead. Mm. So the resurrection of Jesus is the miracle that validates his message. Uh, God used this miracle to cre- to communicate something, right? Um, so so did God, and think about this, is the resurrection, has it been used to draw our attention to a certain message or communicator? Mm. Yes. Yeah. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, everything he taught would have been thrown on the trash heap of history and we never would have heard of it. Mm, but because yeah. this miracle occurred, he has become uh, the most popular person of all time. There's, right, no, yeah. there's nobody more popular than Jesus. Um, he has become the character depicted in more artwork worldwide than any other person in all of human history. Um, he is the person that we actually count time based upon. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and many are convinced because of his miracles that he truly is who he said he is, God mm. in the flesh. Right? Yeah. So the miracles validate the message. The miracles are for communication. So this is awesome. And and again, the resurrection of Christ, and uh, Frank Turek always says this, but the resurrection of Christ is the second greatest miracle in scripture. Mm. The first is creation Ex nihilo, creation yeah, from nothing, yeah. right? Um, and I always think that that is interesting, that we are living within the greatest miracle. Yeah. Creation from nothing. It's fascinating, right? Mm. But that's but that's where we find ourselves. So, think, yeah, that's a good point. So all of that to say, God already has broken through supernaturally in the history of the universe and in the history of human history or human history, in the history of us, right? Um, In our view, it is reasonable to expect that God can interject because we exist in this universe where he already has interjected. Of course. He already has done this miraculous thing in creating the universe. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, with that too, something else we want to touch on are that there are different classes of miracles. Yeah, okay, this is important yeah. because so many people, you know, oh, it was a miracle. It was a miracle. Listen, Devin Booker yeah. making a three-pointer at a buzzer beater <laughs> to beat the Clippers in the bubble. Sure. It was awesome, but yeah. it wasn't a miracle. Yeah, right? that's right. The the hockey, <laughs> the hockey, uh, the USA hockey beating Russia right. back in the 80s, that wasn't, it's called a miracle. It wasn't a miracle. It's just highly improbable that they could beat the yeah, good team. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, so we need to talk about, okay, what is a miracle? So, what so isn't a kinda, miracle? That's How also kind of yeah. like where you have to understand the definition of it. And yeah, it's what, important. Yeah, exactly. So that's what we're breaking it down for you, uh, for you guys right now. So the first class of miracle that I'm going to discuss is providence, okay? Uh, God's activity throughout history and providing for the needs of human beings, especially those who follow him in faith, okay? Yeah, providence. That is providence, right? Christians a lot of times will say, God gave me this job, or God gave me this house, he gave yeah. me this spout, like he gave me these many things, these material things. Yeah, he's blessed me with He's this. blessed me, yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, nothing about this, though, is miraculous, per se, right? Yeah. But Christians are acknowledging that God is involved in all aspects of their lives, and that's kind of what's happening there, right? Yep. And you've seen this, like, it's kind of, like we're saying, uh, providence, though, in that term of miracle cannot be classified as a miracle, because it's not something that's out of... Like the order, like, yeah, yeah, like, like everybody it's, does these things. It's just, it's common. Yeah. Again, if like, if I was to say, Hey, you really should believe that Jesus is God because 
I have a house. Yeah, because I've been what blessed. Is that I have a house. Yeah. I have a family. Yeah, but there's yeah. but there's there's non-believers who have all that. Exactly. There's yeah. a lot of people who have all that. There's exactly. people of other religions that doesn't prove anything, right? Mm. But um, are these things blessings from God? Of course. Yeah, of course and, and the Bible talks about that. Every and good and perfect gift comes from our Father above. Yeah, yeah, right? and, and that's, that's true. And that's where there's like a level of um, of what we would say. I think the a more appropriate term would be intervention to a specific degree. Yeah, uh, because he's not, uh, but not in the way we think of uh, intervening, like with a, a direct miracle. No, right? but he provides yeah. for us. He does provide for us. Exactly. Um, yeah, th- that's that's just true. But God is involved, and yes. that's that's what that's trying to communicate. Providence it, is the idea that God is involved in our blessings and our upbringing. Yep, and ag- acknowledging that He has given us good gifts. Yeah, because a good dad gives good gifts. Mm-hmm. That's great, but it's not a miracle, of course. Right. right. Well, we're talking about now. Um, <clears throat> Let's talk about another uh, category or class of this, okay? Yeah. So this is uh, a little bit, this is like a level down, okay? So we have Providence, which really isn't. Right. Now we're going to go to the next level down, which is getting closer to hardcore miracles. Right, yeah. And this is what we would call direct, non-miraculous intervention, Mm -hmm. all right? So this is often seen in answered prayer. Yeah, yeah. When God answers prayer the way we've asked him to, especially when it comes to like big things in our life, you know, people having cancer, uh, car accidents, when there's like an Mm. emergency and we pray and then God answers us in the way we've asked him to. Um, But it's not through a miraculous happening. It's through the natural process of things, through doctors, through surgeries, through chemo, and, right? And sometimes, kind of sometimes there is a defying of odds that happens in this. Sure. Where, and sometimes yeah. I think there are unexplainable, miraculous things that happen in these situations. Yeah. But we're not talking about that. Of course. Of right course, now we're yeah. just talking about when it's the natural process of, of things that are answers to prayer. Mm-hmm. And so like an example in my life for this direct non-miraculous intervention, uh, so my brother has had brain tumors four times, yeah. brain cancer four times. And each time we've prayed and we've prayed and we've prayed and each time he had brain surgery, it went well and they were mm-hmm. able to remove the tumor and do the radiation. And at this point, he hasn't had it for years. Like, yeah. like And his, his oncologists think that his radiologists even think he's good and he, it's not coming back, which is a blessing. Yeah, yeah. But there wasn't a, he had a tumor and then we prayed and then the doctor looked and the tumor just magically disappeared. Right. No, they went in with surgery and they took it out and he had to do radiation and all of those other things. Yeah. But this is a, I would say, uh, direct non-miraculous intervention by God right. allowing the skills of other people to be the means through which he answered our prayers. Of course, of yeah. course. And well, and that's what I was saying too. Like obviously uh, uh, with brain cancer, especially like the odds can be uh, not always in your favor. Sure. So like that's still like God intervent- intervening in that yeah. to a degree and helping through the natural order. Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And it's, and it's a good thing. Of course. Um, yeah. I saw, uh, <laughs> so I just recently saw this, uh, what's it called? The YouTube, uh, no, uh, Instagram story. Of uh, this girl who um, used to be really good follower of the Lord, and she's kind of not kind of she's she's totally rebelled against right. it. But her dad was sick, and um, she got on there, and and there was like a thing on like, hey, if you would you know think good thoughts, send out good vibes, pray for my dad 
because she's in the hospital. And then the next clip was like her videoing her face. You know, that was just like the text. Yeah. And the yeah. next clip was her videoing and she said, I want to, she was like so bitter. She said, I want to say this though. If he gets better, it's because of science. And why like, did you ask? Them? Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's all that. Exactly. But, yeah. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is for us as Christians, um, the skeptical world will look at us and say, and you know, if I claim it was miracles, it was a miracle of God that my brother mm. has survived brain cancer four times. The world will go, no, it was the surgeon's skill. Yeah. Sure. So we got to be careful when we just, we shouldn't flippantly throw around miracle. Mm-hmm. And and so that's what we're trying to do here is define what do we what exactly do we mean by well, this? That's a yeah. And and when we pray for these things and God provides answers to our prayers through the means of medicine or doctors, mm. which He could do for other people who aren't praying about it. Yeah, um, we're not claiming that's a miracle. That's a really right? good thing to clarify. It's important. I think yeah, and oftentimes I think we can get into that mindset right sure. uh, in those moments and. That can that can just be misleading. Answer to prayer, yeah, absolutely. God answering prayer the way you want, completely. Miracle, no. Yeah, right. No, not a miracle. Exactly, and that's what we're breaking down here, right? Yeah. So, the next category, right? And this is why everybody kind of thinks of right, like a kind of an idea of a miracle <laughs> of what it would be. This is a direct miraculous intervention. Okay, yep. that's and, there's, the next, and there's two, there's, yeah, two types of this. Two which types, kind of cool. So uh, I'm going to start with the class two. But uh, what this is, this is when there is no other explanation than a direct act of God. Yep. Okay. Uh, so this, I'm going to start with class two. All right, because again, we're working our way up. There's class two, then there's class one. That's like big. Class two miracle. This occurs when certain natural events come together at the same time producing a miraculous event, okay? Mm -hmm. And again, this is something that can only be explained by God's intervention. Uh, It is the timing of the events perfectly coming together that make this a miracle, okay? Yeah. Right, and you have an example on that. Yeah, well, I was thinking about this scripturally. Right, yeah. So do you remember when um, in Acts 16, so Paul and Silas are imprisoned in Philippi? Right. Remember? And they and because they got thrown in because of the, they cast the demon out of that girl. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so they're in prison and they're singing uh, songs. It's It says it's midnight and they're singing praises to God. Mm. And then an earthquake happens and shakes the uh, shakes the prison doors open. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the jailer freaks out because he thinks everyone's going to escape and all that. Right. And then he realizes they're there. They say, don't kill yourself. And he says, what must I do to be saved? Right. Right. Yeah. So that earthquake is probably a class two miracle. Yeah, because I think it's, that's good. It's not something out of the natural events because I've studied about Philippi. They had earthquakes a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah. not like, it's not like, like in Arizona, we never have earthquakes, right? So if we had a crazy earthquake here, that would be nuts. Yeah. But in San Francisco, they have them all the time. But, but for the fact that the earthquake occurred at that time, and not only at that time, but the uh, level of destruction that yep. was behind it, so that it was, caused the, yeah. so you're talking earthquake in the specific place to shake open that prison at that specific time and moment and then having yeah. this prison guard at the point of suicide because of it to where he's very open to the gospel and then he prompts and asks what do i have to do to be saved yeah. and then the church of philippi gets started all of that uh, there, the, there's nothing uh out of the ordinary of the natural order but the timing of it yeah yeah the circumstance of all of that th- matching up together mm-hmm. that's what we would say this is a kind of like a second class miracle yeah and so i've got a story um 
uh, of a second class miracle. And this, uh, we can't know. I, I, I want to be careful with this because I think this is probably a second class, but you could see it as a first class miracle. Sure. But okay. This is a story from one of my friends here from church, Perry. Um, and, P- and he listens to the show. So, Perry, if you're listening, <laughs> thanks for the story. And I hope I get the details right. But the big story, uh, he, t- he told me this, and he told a class of students this once. He said that he was down in Mexico with a good friend of his and, and one of his sons. And they were, um, uh, you know, walking along the beach. And in Mexico, there's these, there's these um, times where the tide gets so high and so low. And it actually causes channels kind of on the beach. And it forms like a lake. Um, mm because of this channel that's dug and then the the tide comes up and it kind of pools like a huge lake but then it'll go out and so you can actually walk across where that channel of water is coming in because it's just beach because of the tide going in and out so there's like a lake on one side the ocean on the other Mm -hmm. side so they were walking along this area that was kind of this big channel for when the tide comes yeah yeah they're keeping an eye on it and stuff but they they kind of lost track and they're like you know we better head back because it's getting it's getting to be that time where the tide's going to be coming in. And they were a little too late, and it started coming in and coming in faster and coming in faster. Mm-hmm. And they're walking across this. And Perry said, you know, he picked this kid up, and they were, they were getting across. But his friend, he said, was kind of out of shape. And mm-hmm. uh, he wasn't keeping up, and it was getting higher and higher on their legs. You know, so it was hard to yeah, walk through. Yeah. And um, he got across with his son, but then his friend got swept into a strong current and got, got um, swept out into this lake. Mm. That that the water was rushing yeah, into, right? Yeah. And his friend couldn't swim, mm. so he's out there, and he said that he looked at his son, and and the kids like we got to go help him, but they couldn't get in the current; it's too strong. It, you know, would, it would take they, them, yeah, yeah. They have not. So so Perry's like, do I leave my son here all alone, unaccompanied, in the middle of nowhere? If something happened to him. Something yeah. happened. And where they were, he's like, right. we haven't seen anybody all day. Like, there's nobody out here. We're mm-hmm. in, you know, out in the wilderness, kind of thing. And so he just said, I prayed, God. Please help us. Please, Lord, help send some intervention to save my friend. And he says he opened his eyes, and there was this little Mexican kid there with an inner tube. And (laughs) he looks at the kid, and he points out to his friend in the lake. And the kid nods his head, gets on the inner tube, swims out to the friend, has the friend hold on to the inner tube, swims him back in. Wow, yeah. The friend gets in, and they're they're all crying and emotionally distraught and exhausted. And Perry said he just hugged his friend, you know. And then after they they kind of came out of the emotion of the moment, they didn't. Know, the kid was gone. He didn't hang around. He's just gone. <laughs> they didn't know where he went. <laughs> yeah. And he and and he said, Robbie, it's not like I couldn't see for miles in every direction. Mm. It's not like it's not like like there's a jungle there. Like I, he's like he's just gone. And so, okay, a couple things. It could be a class one miracle because that could have been like an angel or something. It could have been. Sure. But at least it's a class two miracle because Mm. of the timing of him praying and opening his eyes and then this kid is there. Does that make sense? It's not a miraculous in the sense of uh, an angel or something like that, but he is just a kid who lived there. The timing of it, of the guy getting swept up, the prayer, the opening of the eyes, it's a second class miracle yeah that's so fast isn't that crazy yeah yeah well there's things that happen like this like today i think think second class miracles class two miracles happen a lot i do too yeah and so i've heard many stories of things that are similar like that that have happened and and it's it's, a timing type and and the point we're trying to get across here is that there 
a class two miracle is something like that, that kind of still takes place within the natural order. Yes. But there's no explanation other than this had to be a direct intervention from God. Yeah. yeah. And that, that was the purpose of it happening. Too. Yes. Like, not just that it was like uh, the purpose of it happening was because of the natural order, mm-hmm. but because God had to have directly had an intervention in that moment. That's, yes. that's what and, that is. And he could have. Okay. Cause sure. here's, here's what's important about it too. Let's say that that kid who saved Perry's friend's life mm-hmm. was uh, really just a kid from the village who happened right. to be out walking. Yeah. What, what caused him to want to go for a walk out away and from have everybody an and have and an like, yeah, all yeah. that kind of stuff you get into and you say, God was directing. So it's not like he, you know, miraculously popped the kid from his village to the beach. That's not sure, what we're saying. Yeah. But the timing of it. So, so still with what we would refer to as a class two miracle, that also isn't exactly the same as God, um, disrupting the natural order of cause and effect mm. in our universe. Right. That's, this is different. Right, yeah, this is just God yeah. moving in people's hearts to direct them where he needs them. But that's not him suspending the laws of nature Mm, yeah and that's only reserved for for first class miracles class one miracles yeah and that's what i'm going to discuss next so this is the type of miracle uh right class one miracles uh it's a type of miracle that has occurred when a law of nature has been violated okay meaning meaning this is something completely out of the dynamics of of the laws of nature yeah and so uh, examples of this are what jesus did right this is what happens uh, all throughout Scripture. You see what, what Jesus did. He turned water into wine, right? Dead people were raised three days after they had died, uh, yep. Jesus himself being one of them. Uh, a person praying for their severed hand and then a new hand growing instantaneously. Like, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's like a suspension of the natural order. That's exactly right? it. That's, that's, that's an of idea thing. of it, yeah. yeah. And so these are things that you think, like, that's a direct class one miracle. It's something that's not happening in the natural order of things. And it just does. And I think this is, uh, this is something that I feel everybody has an understanding of what a class one is. Yeah. The problem though, that gets confused a lot is that some of those other classifications of miracles get coupled in as though it is a class one miracle. Mm -hmm. And that's something that people don't always have a concept of. And that's why we're trying to really break this down. Yeah. Because it, it hurts our witness when we say, uh, I prayed that I would get that new job and then I did. It's a miracle. It's like, it's right. not a miracle. People get jobs all the time. So, mm-hmm. so our skeptical friends look at us like, you guys think everything's a miracle. Did yeah, you think that yeah. breathing today was a miracle? Exactly. You, think, you know, You're right. your, your digestive system working today, is that a miracle? Yeah. Like, what, what are we talking uh, about other, here? Other people, uh, specifically non-believers, could look into that and see yeah. it as like, well, they're just superstitious. Because really, yes. that is, that it does create, and it's there's kind of truth to that. You do become superstitious to a point if you're claiming that every blessing yes. that God bestows upon you is a direct class one miracle. Yes, and we shouldn't yeah. do that. So we should be careful with our words. Mm-hmm. And because the Bible is pretty specific on miracles are these crazy things where the laws of nature are suspended. Well, oh, Parting yeah. the Red Sea, right? Mm-hmm. That is a miracle. The plagues yeah. of Egypt. 
Right. Those are miracles, right? There's, there's certain things like that that are miraculous that have happened throughout Scripture, throughout human history. Yeah, and i got to add to what you said about that, too. With what, When we're careful about what we describe as a miracle, it kind of ta- goes with what we talked about last week, right? Words and yes. language is objective. Uh, what we say and what we mean matters, and so we need to be careful and think through these things. And uh, yep. defining what a miracle is in our lives or what a miracle is in other people, yep. what, uh, what happens with other people, that's important. If everything's yeah. a miracle, nothing's a miracle. Exactly. That yeah, is that's a, the point. That's a, yeah. <laughs> that is a great way of putting it, right? Mm-hmm. Just to put it simply, yeah. Because yeah. it, it, then it's just natural order. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's exactly the opposite of what God's trying to do. He's mm-hmm. trying to suspend, he does suspend the laws of nature in order yeah. to get our attention. Yeah, that's what makes me laugh when people say, like, a common uh, objection that I've heard from people about the resurrection, right? They'll say, mm-hmm. well, people don't just rise from the dead. And I'm like, well, that's the point. That's the whole <laughs> they point. They don't, they it don't doesn't do happen that. all the time. Yeah, yes, so exactly. See, uh, that's just, that's kind of a broad example there. But yep. that, that's what we're talking about. You have to understand that this is something that is out of the ordinary. Yep. And so we need to be careful with what we define as a miracle. And so now that you know the classifications of them, you can be mm-hmm. more precise with your language and not uh, hinder or take away from actual class one miracles. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a, a practical question we wanted to talk about is this. So, so as New Testament Christians, should we be expecting class one miracles to happen regularly in our lives? Are class one miracles something that we should expect are around every corner? No. No. Not at all, actually. Like, no. It, it's it's highly probable that you will go your entire life without ever witnessing one. A class one miracle. Yeah. Class two, answers to prayer, yeah, miraculous yeah. timing. That, I think, happens a lot, and I think we've of all course. experienced yeah, that. Yeah. Class one miracles, Some some evangelical Christians even act like, oh no, if it happened in, in the book of Acts, it's going to happen to us all the time. It, it, it doesn't. Can. It can. God can do whatever he wants. Of course, but we're, it is just, it doesn't happen like that. Well, and let's think about right why, okay? Yeah. Because I don't want to just, I would never say God can't do what he wants to do. Oh, of course. But what are we observing happening? One thing is this, if, if the purpose of miracles is to draw our attention to God's message, we already have God's message in Scripture validated by these class one miracles he's done in the past. Yes. Right? So we have his message. When, when, when God hadn't written all of Scripture yet, he needed to validate himself to certain people Mm, to yeah. say, this is my messenger, this is my spokesperson, Isaiah is a spokesperson, and then their written accounts have been written down for us, and then you also have that with Jesus and then the apostles who wrote the New Testament. So we, we have God's message, and it's already been validated. Mm. The other thing is this, is if you look in Scripture, um, and I think this is a very fascinating, miracles are really clustered around three different people. Or three different periods of history. Yeah, yeah. Moses, tons of miraculous, right? We're talking uh, class one. Yeah, class yeah. one miracles, yeah. right? Because, okay, like, listen to this. Abraham and Sarah having a baby when they're super old. Class one miracle or class two? Probably class two, right? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes old people have babies. So it's not like it... Couldn't the part happen. where it's borderline class one is that she didn't have the physical capability of doing that. 
Yes. Well, so that's, well, but, but at the same still, time, it's still natural there's order. There's still yeah. anomalies like that. Yeah, yeah, you're right. But what makes it more of a class one is that God told them it was going to happen, yes, right? Yes. And so the prediction. So of I would it, say that would make it a class one. Yeah, but even there, it's not um, the parting of the Red Sea, suspending right, yeah, the laws yeah. of nature. Right. It's not. It's not all of a sudden. Um, she was expectant with a baby at full term already. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like that would be even more like, oh, yeah. that's a class one. Like, what about you know? Think about Isaac. Did he have mm. any class one miracles in his life? I don't think any. Not really. I mean, what I, about Jacob? Jacob have any? He wrestles with the angel that's, of the yeah, Lord. Yeah, th- but that's not a miracle. That's just... An encounter. Well, uh, it's kind of funny because it's like that's literally God physically intervening, but it, he's not doing anything miraculous. It's no. just him bringing his presence yeah. to him in a way. So I'm, I'm thinking with Jacob, there was not there was nothing yeah, miraculous, yeah. right? Sure. Like class yeah. one. Um, uh, you get even if you get to like uh, Joseph and his brothers, the timing what you meant for evil, God meant for good. Yeah. The timing of when they sold him and the the Ishmaelites coming through and they right, giving him right. and Potiphar and all. So the timing of it all is class two. There's no mm. class one, but then you get to Moses and it's class one, class one, class one, class one, class yeah, one. Yeah, all the like staffs turning yeah. into snakes. And all the plagues and the parting of the Red mm-hmm. Sea and rock out of the water and yeah, quail yeah. just magically appearing and manna just magically. It's class one all over the place. Mm. Why? To draw attention to this spokesperson for God yeah, who wrote yeah. the first five books of the Bible. Yeah. Right? Well, well, and that's what had to happen. Otherwise, yeah. if he's just writing this down, who's going to believe him? He had to validate yeah. he's somebody that's speaking for God and the miracles validated it exactly. to the Israelites and to Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. And actually to the Canaanites. Remember Rahab? Yeah, heard yeah. About it. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. Then you get into the into the yeah. New Testament, right? And you have some interesting things like, um, I'm trying to think, like it was some of the judges. So you have Samson's really strong. Sure. I would say it's class two, though. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's really a, strong people. That's absolutely um, a class. You have Gideon two, yeah. who um, asks for like a dew on a fleece. You know, so uh, that's even, I would even put that down to non direct. <laughs> yeah, it's timing. Yeah, it's timing yeah. in answer to prayer. Um, but, anyways, you go further into the New Testament and you really get a cluster of class one miracles around Elijah and Elisha. Yeah, yeah. You get fireballs from heaven mm-hmm. coming down uh, after praying specifically. You get him praying for rain and it happening yeah. and coming. You get um, all you get all these class one miracles. Mm. So you got Moses, you got Elijah and Elisha. Then you have prophecy, right? You have to, prophecy. To back that up, correct. But that's not a class one miracle. No. Right, then you get the time of Jesus and his disciples, and there's class one miracle after class one miracle. Yeah, yeah, they're clustered around those three groups throughout the Bible. So right. when we expect, like, well, of course, because this happened to Jesus and his disciples, it's going to happen to us all the time. Why do we expect that? Most of Scripture doesn't have it yeah. happening. Well, and, and that's the thing that we we're realizing here, right? It had to happen mm-hmm. to the disciples uh, as well with Jesus because God is using them around, uh, using the miracles around Jesus and the disciples yep. with that same purpose of validating, hey, no, they, I really sent them. Yeah, the message. I've, yeah. I'm validating the message. Think about it. Think about it, right? 
uh, for someone to come around and be prophesying or saying, or not even prophesying, but telling you, hey, God said this, mm-hmm. the only way that you would believe them is if God validated them somehow yeah, by coming in that. himself, whether it's audibly by his own voice yeah. or through miracles, right? Dude, I've met, crazy, the, I've met yeah. crazy guys on the street who claim to be from God and right. have a secret no, message yeah, for me. Exactly. Why no one believes them? them. No. And that's because there's no first class, like class one miracles yep. happening around them. And then yeah. those guys who were part of Jesus' uh, ministry right. wrote the New Testament. Mm. So it validates that. And see, that's, that's what I'm yeah. saying is like, we don't, we shouldn't expect them to, ha- God can do what he wants. Right, I'm not right. limiting him, but we shouldn't expect class one miracles to be happening around us all the time. And to be honest, I don't, I've never seen a class one miracle. Yeah, I haven't either. I've never seen the suspension of the laws well, of nature. And I think the reason why we can why we can say it's safe to assume this is also because of like we said, how God is using it. He uses class one miracles to validate people. Yes. And to validate and messages. messages. Yeah. He, he doesn't have anything to validate right now. Well, his message has been validated. Because exactly. we got the message. That's my point. We have the book. That's yeah. my exact point. Yep. And there's no I mean Scripture promises that uh, um, in Revelation that one day he's going to... He's going to again. He's, he's going to do it again. Yes, he's going to validate lo- again. Because the two witnesses are going to come. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's going to validate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, but right, now, right now... Right. So what, what are some of the dangers, though, of people expecting, hey, what happened in Acts is supposed right. to happen in our lives every day? What are, some of the, what are some of the pitfalls to this? Well, the danger in this, I would, I would go as far as to say danger, yeah. is that uh, it, it can set you up for disappointment big time. And what, what I mean by that is that it can damage your relationship with God, too, yeah. if you have this expectation because it's something that's not supposed to happen. Uh, he never said in his word, like, you're going to experience these miracles. Sure, no. Like, uh, no, that, that's not something that should be happening. Um, it, it can set us up for disappointment. That's kind of one of the main well, points. Well, and if you think about it, it's, it's, a, it's a, like, like you, you've been married, what, now? Over two years, right? Yeah, uh, two and a half, yeah. yeah. So one of the things that, that marriage counselors always say in marriage is, listen, one of the biggest detriments to your marriage will be un- stated expectations yeah unrealistic expectations even Mm -hmm. like you expect your wife to do these things but you've never told her and then you get mad at her for not doing what you expected yeah that's this is of course god's supposed to do this but he never said he was going to exactly and then you're mad at him for not doing it yeah and i think it just comes to a point where we um we have like you said it's that expectation is the issue yeah Uh, one thing that i want to also add to that um, expecting class one miracles to be a regular part of our walk or to happen at some point in our life uh, doesn't really help us to suffer well. And that, now what mm. I mean by that is if you're going through a real hardship, something like terrible, uh, God, God can intervene in um, other forms of miracles that we discuss, right? Sure. Uh, meaning like... Uh, answers to prayer. Answers like to prayer. And, okay, and I say miracles loosely. I'm talking the d- definitions we gave yeah. earlier. Um but for you to expect that he's going to miraculously uh, bring an angel, right, to, sure. to save you from this yeah. trial you're or, going through. Or miraculously shrink a, your tumors every yeah, time. Yeah, or, or shrink, exactly, things like that. That is what sets you up to where, and if he did that, it wouldn't allow us to suffer well if he bailed us out every time. And what, what yeah. I mean by that is 
Scripture is clear that we are going to go through hardships. We're going to go through. It literally lots of tells us that. It promises. It tells it. us that. Actually, yeah, it's it not promises a shock. that we will. And and for God to intervene and take that away every time defeats the purpose of what we're supposed to go through in this life, right? It's, it would stunt our growth. It would stunt if our he growth. It's like it's like that parent yeah. who bails their kid out every time at school. Yeah, that's the kid a great never example. has to grow and never has to work hard because yeah, their parents yeah. are always bailing them out. Ex that is such a good example. It's in the same way of um, just every time that someone's. Uh, I, I mean, I, I, you've heard stories all the time of uh, people who uh, are not the best uh, financial, sure. like um, the best at taking care of themselves financially. Yeah, so they get in debt. Yeah, they, they get waste in debt, money. They they're always trying to borrow money. Yeah, exactly. And people are like, "Well, I can keep bailing you out," but that doesn't help them because they doesn't. have a fundamental issue and they need to address it themselves. Yeah, that's exactly what's happening. If God just constantly gave us direct miracles, because and yeah. then that becomes like we said, that becomes natural order. Well, and that has to come down to our theology of evil and suffering. Exactly that too. And so this is what makes me angry with you know like the NAR and Bethel yeah. Church and all that kind of stuff right. is they they act like these class one miracles are something that happens all the time and we should expect them and mm. they're like training people to raise people from the dead and when we had this, this really happens yeah, yeah remember we had Holly Pivik on and she was talking mm -hmm. about all this it's just insane and it's a it's such an immature attitude it's a false reading of scripture that isn't ever promised to us. We're never no. commanded in any of the epistles to go and expect these class one miraculous things to be outworkings of the spirit in our life. Yeah. And it's so, so it says people up for disappointment. It's lying to people <laughs> and it doesn't yeah. allow us to suffer well because the plan is God lets all of us die. So, yeah. okay. Going back to my situation, God, was so good to us when we were praying for my brother and these four brain yeah, surgeries. Yeah, of course. So good to us. And I'm so thankful he answered the prayers in the way we asked. My brother is going to die one day. Right, yeah. God is going to allow me to die. Mm -hmm. God is going to allow you to die. That's the plan. Yeah. yeah. And so to, to act like, oh, no, we just get miracles whenever we want. No, God, you die. Yeah, yeah. But it's through that that redemption will come. It's through our death that we will go to be with the Lord and our bodies will be resurrected and he is going to fix it, but it's not always going to be right now in this life. And suffering well is something that the Christian is commanded to do because it develops our faith. Mm, and so yeah. I think another problem with expecting class one miracles all the time in our life is it's actually a sign of immaturity. When I yeah. meet people who are... Who are um, always expecting these crazy suspensions of the natural order to happen in their life. They're immature in their walk. And here's, here's what I mean by that. Um, whenever you're in a good relationship, whenever you're in a thriving relationship, like a, a good marriage, yeah. right? A good friendship. Um, so, so I'll, I've used my marriage in the past, but I'll use my friend Greg in, in this instance. I've known him since I was five. We're good friends. I, he's like a brother to me. I know him. We meet all the time. We talk all the time. And if I thought that my relationship with Greg is dependent on the things I do for him, like like buying him stuff, hmm. that's an immature relationship. That's like buying your friendship, right? Yeah, yeah. And if I thought like he only likes me because I'll buy him coffee or I, I'll mm. give him you know tickets to the Suns or whatever, right. that's not a real good relationship. That is yeah. a um, buying you relationship. Yeah, and so right. many people treat their relationship with God like that. 
God doesn't want us to love him because of the cool magic he does for us. He wants us to love him and grow to a point where we love him because he, we know who he is, not because of the things he does for us. Yeah. And if your relationship with Maddie was contingent on you buying her flowers every day, it's an immature relationship. Yeah. Well, right? and, and that's the thing. You got to think. Uh, I mean, there's people that have treated God in this way with the yes. relationship with him. It was, well, God didn't answer my prayers when I had a family member so I'm out. Who, had, who was sick and yeah. dying and they died. So I'm like, no, I, God didn't. He wasn't there. He God didn't, didn't come through for me. Yeah. He didn't yeah. do this for me. And then you I remind asked. them, all of us die. Yeah. Why was that shocking? But it's because people have a false perception. So it's an immature yeah. attitude that leads to extreme, like you said, disappointment mm-hmm. with God, which leads us to walk away from him. Whereas you read in the book of Job, he said, though he slay me, blessed be his name. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That, that Matt Redmond song, right? When things are good, blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Yeah. When things are awful, Blessed be the name of the Lord, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you go through various trials and sufferings, because you know that it's through those that your faith is developed. That's what Jesus' brother said, who eventually gets killed yeah. and went through suffering. I think getting killed is suffering, right? Yeah, Martyrdom. I, so so we, can't, we can't have an immature view of our relationship with God in that we love him mm-hmm. until he doesn't come through for us and then we back out. And I think that expecting class one miracles is a slippery slope mm, to yeah. extreme disappointment with God. And he's never promised this. He, he promised that he'll be with us as we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Mm, yeah. But he never promised to miraculously helicopter us over the valley. Mm, yeah. Right? That's true. So Anyway, a good book that you guys should check out on this topic is called Mir- uh, uh, In Defense of Miracles, A Comprehensive Case for God's Action in History, and it's edited by Doug Guyvet and Gary Habermas. So mm. we'll have that book in the show notes, but it's very comprehensive going through history of David Hume and his arguments against miracles and then why Christians um, believe miracles are philosophically sound. And it's yeah, really good. Yeah. It's a deep dive, but we'd ex- uh, really uh, love it if you'd go check that out, and uh, it'll be better beneficial to you as you read through it right and now thank you guys so much for joining us this week uh once again just want to continue to reiterate next week we have a really big announcement so please make sure that you're here for that um but other than that we hope that this episode was beneficial to you that it helped open your mind and think through what we mean when we say miracle and how we define that in the christian walk and what, what scripture says about it. And so hopefully that this has made sense to you and uh, brought some clarity. Uh, if you have any questions, you want to learn more, please yeah, hit us up on social media and also get that book that Robbie just mentioned because uh, those are some great authors uh, Excellent. as well. So. Yeah, so good, so good, so good. <laughs> yeah, so thank you guys again for joining us on this week's episode of Christ, Culture, and Coffee. And we will see you guys next week with a big announcement. If you enjoyed the show and felt that this podcast was beneficial to you, please be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you become a Level 4 supporter on our Patreon page, you can get yourself one of our stoneware, Christ culture, and coffee mugs, as well as a t-shirt and a sticker. We are available on all podcasting platforms, as well as YouTube, and we are also available on all social media platforms. Thanks so much for listening to Christ, Culture, and Coffee.